Hi everybody, Stephen St. Clair here. Welcome to Season 3 of the Craft Quill Podcast. Thanks for joining. Hi everybody, this is Stephen St. Clair. And Sadie K. Frazier. We're back. Back in the new year. New year. Back in the saddle. This is Season 3 for me. It's actually Season 3 for me too. So. And hey. I have, this is not going to be, normally we would do uh, have, have Coffee Will Travel, but... This is me starting my new season three, and um, in case you didn't hear, we did over the holiday break a kind of a what's up everybody podcast. Just a quick hey, we're going to start the new season off with some heavy, heavy, heavy topics, and um, just to let you know, uh, I'm going to be covering, uh, so probably over a year ago, I think I did my rendition of love languages the five love languages and i should have done a follow-up but i did not until now uh and what i also did wrong last time is i did not have sadie with me i should have because love languages usually you know when you're speaking there's got to be unless you talk to yourself um uh, i mean that happens too it does (laughs) best conversations always happen In 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 our heads but um I needed, I needed a sounding board, and I didn't have Sadie last time, but I do today. So, what we're going to dive into, I'm going to give my version of the follow-up to Love Languages called the Five Apology Languages, but it's not going to be a one-and-done podcast. It probably will be at least two, if not three. Uh, I think my Love Languages one was a three-parter, and it's just, there's so much information. It's a lot to cover. And... <clears throat> Excuse me, I want to put a kind of a new age spin on things. Um, Sadie and I have been married for nearly 25 years. I can't believe that. <sighs> October will be 25. So we're going to... Coffee soap. We're going to talk about some things that um, might be a little hard to talk about, might not be, might be easy, might be funny, but either way, I want to shake the dust loose a little bit and talk about the five apology languages but first I want to kind of share I want to backtrack a little bit and share with everybody just a reference <clears throat> word uh, no sorry um, the five love languages in case you didn't listen to those podcasts uh, I will read them off real quick words of affirmation quality time gifts, acts of service, physical touch. Now those are all things, um, characteristic traits, what have you, that um, everybody has. Every single person has at least one or more of those things. Which, when we break down the apology languages, um, so love languages is what you have, I would say. Correct, Sadie. Yeah. Love languages, what you have within you. What there, there's so many aspects of that. It's they're kind of learned traits or qualities. How you express and experience love. What you give, what you get, give and receive. Now, same thing with apology languages. Those are also, and we'll get into it here. But the apology languages are more of a taught thing, sort of like when you were kids. And I think I'll get into that when I do the chapter three part. Um, when you were little kids, if you were playing with somebody on the playground and you know you take their toy, 
and the other person, the other kid starts fussing, mom or dad will say, tell them you're sorry. Well, so often um, parents either do or don't train their kids how to apologize correctly. And no means are Sadie and I experts, but what we do bring to the table is 25 years of apologies. Yeah, and I will I will interject here too that because I'm a trauma practitioner, I understand that there's layers of past things that also interfere with both the love language barrier and the apology mm -hmm. language barrier. We always, I think we're born with those inherent traits, but I think you, you need to go back and peel through some of those layers. For us, it's taken 25 years, and we're not perfect at it, like you said, but it's taken us 25 years to kind of unbury some of those other traumas and past childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. If you have those hurts and whatever that were not, or like in your case, a father figure that was not taught correctly how to apologize and things like that, that's going to make a big difference on how you enter a relationship and how you learn to apologize or express your love language. So, and and you learn how to love your spouse by, in some ways, how your parents love each other. And of course, you there's so many anymore. There's so many other factors in uh, how people learn to love each other. I almost feel sorry for today's youth. Just unless you already have a good home base where you would learn those things and, and a lot of times you don't even realize what you're learning until later no nope. you you go to say or do something you're like god that sounds just like my dad or that sounds just like my mom sometimes it just comes out of your <coughs> mouth before you realize you know a lot of times you either did a good thing or a bad thing in which case if you did a bad thing you can't always take it back so any questions from the class <laughs> no okay here we go so as I said, I'm completely going off script. I, I have nothing official written, just some notes. I spent quite a bit of time uh, just kind of reading through the chapters as well as writing notes down, per se. So when I interject in between note readings, it's going to be purely from my own head, my heart, and experiences that Sadie and I have. So, I hope that any of what we say will have some meaning for you. And Sadie and I each have our own takeaways. Like, I grew up in a, um, a mom and a dad situation, and of course Sadie did too, but Sadie's past is a little bit, well, quite a bit different than mine. And in certain regards, we've actually known each other since 85, but so her mom and dad separated when she was what, six got divorced when six, was six seven yeah. so and grew up with two two dads more or less throughout different parts of her life or one you give you know so i grew up with one but the one often might as well be zero so it's just kind of you know you you, you 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 take what you can kind of like low-hanging fruit and you store them and then one day when you're with somebody, they, they surface, good or bad. So, chapter one, uh, in, in that, I, I left the chapter headings in, that way it kind of gives you a reference point if you ever do buy the book, but it's called Writing Wrongs. And basically this chapter revolves around uh, a lot of things.
but it was actually the shortest of the chapters that I read. So, the offense is done. The deed done wrong. How do you reconcile from that? A husband comes home. Foot has been inserted into mouth. Sometimes both feet. Depends on what you say. <laughs> husband and wife come home. Either one could say something, do something that um, hurts the other person to a certain degree. How do you how do you start the reconciliation part? And and this gets all this kind of also breaks down into the age of the relationship too and so many factors of that um, but let's say I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus I come home from work um, my day didn't go as well I bring home some garbage that spills over into what should have been a joyful hi honey I missed you hug and kiss and instead I completely bypass giving my wife the attention that she needs, probably missed all day, and I just lay into her unintentionally, and I just blast negative radiation. Now, Zadie's going to react a different way. She's she's going to handle things. She, her, her immediate knee-jerk reaction is to pull away. And, and that also... go up. That also stems from your childhood. How, how were you raised? What did you see happening? How did you see your mother react to your father? How did you see your father react to your mother? But then also, if you've experienced your own trauma, those trauma triggers often, like it could be a smell. It could be a smell of his cologne when he walks through the door. And it's not the smell of the cologne, but it's the, the attitude or, like he said, that negative outburst or just bypassing the attention that I needed in the first place and your reaction is going to go back to that child, back to that child that says, my needs were not met, and this is how my father reacted. I saw him come home and act this way every night. So then, in my case, my first response is to just shut down and withdraw. That's fine. I might be seething on the inside that you didn't give me the attention that you need, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to withdraw, and then when you ask me if I'm okay, yep, everything's fine. And there's there's another spinoff part when I was growing up with my brother, we we knew from, I don't want to say early age, but as you grew up, you learned to kind of, as I say, read the room. We knew at a certain age, I don't remember when, but when Dad was coming home, or if we knew he was on his way home, we actually just like, what time is it? Oh, Dad's going to be home. My brother and I knew to kind of just go somewhere else, let him come home, let him... So... Flipping it back to me, I come home, I just, I had a rough day, I, I just, I completely bypassed the love and attention that I normally give Sadie, and start the whole thing. Now, the thing that I wanted to mention that the chapter didn't mention, I'm going to call, um, like, we don't have little kids at home anymore, we have, an old, we have a 20 year old, but let's say we did have younger kids they would be considered collateral damage. Mm -hmm. I come in the I come in the house, slam the door, I just start blasting all kinds of things, not really paying attention or caring, depending on you know who I might have been at that time. Who's in the room to catch hell basically. All of that kind of starts a snowball effect of emotions, anger, sadness, maybe bitterness. Maybe this is a repeat pattern for me. Maybe I haven't learned all the lessons I need to learn yet. 
when coming through the front door. And that kind of gets back to, I heard a saying once a long time ago, we all wear different hats. Not every hat needs to go into that room you're going into. So what I should have done when I walked into, before I got even home, before I walked in the front door, I should have imaginarily taken off that workday hat, hung it up outside the house, took a second, if you know, and this is all based on having a rough day, breathe. Sometimes you don't have a chance to if you've got little kids at home. I remember when we had five kids at home, how often did we have a minute to just stop and breathe before you had that chance to yeah. flip that switch? Well, and all of our We've jobs got, have changed. Yeah. And you've got kids and wives and mm -hmm. not more than one wife. You've well, got that kind of one thing. wife and multiple kids and dogs and whatever meeting you at the door ready to see you. And you just need like five minutes to breathe and decompress before you explode. Yeah, so. And our jobs have changed. Yeah. I don't do the same thing I did 20 some odd years ago. Although I have dreams about doing it still, yeah. which is really weird. But so here I, here I am. I'm walking into the house. I'm just blasting away, CD reacts, however her natural instinct to recoil away from that negativity, and then what? There comes a moment if, you know, you're built that way to where that voice inside your head kicks in, you're like, ouch. Yeah. That realization you just tossed a big old rock in your spouse's beautiful serene lake and see here's the other thing too the book doesn't talk about what if your spouse had a bad day well and okay so so throw me under the bus this time we have two different ways of expressing it if i come home and i'm upset and i'm in the same kind of mood because i had a crappy day i'm still i still express myself in the same way where i shut down yeah. so you come balls. in the door you might have had a great day you come in you read me sometimes you're wrong Sometimes you're just, like, you've always read me for 25 years. Sometimes you're wrong in what you're reading. Sometimes it has nothing to do Sometimes with it's you. <laughs> or it's just, yeah, I have fibromyalgia. I have other things that bother me physically. and some Or my sugar levels drop too low. And I just need a minute just to kind of... And that started some fights between us, too, because in your case, you read. You read me as being grumpy, kind of like your dad. And then there's a part of you that shuts down, too, and is like, I don't really want to deal with this right now. Let's get through dinner, and then we'll figure out a plan. So it's, you got two people with two different kinds of moods, with two different things going on during the day. I can see where dinner time would be that volatile situation. It's, it's almost like, if you can imagine this analogy, two trains either heading straight towards each other or parallel to each other, each with their own baggage, yep. or passengers and each passenger represents an aspect of their day whether it be good or bad so we're now at the point where one or both or not there's several options there but let's let's just say because that's who i am uh i recognize at some point man I, I just totally blasted her and i shouldn't have now i can usually this and this gets back to me reading say um a lot, most, uh, some to most times when I'm talking to Sadie, I look at her face. I, uh, that's how Sadie and I communicate. Now, if she's doing dishes or dinner or what have you, we're usually always right there. We're looking at each other, engaging eye contact, which for the most part is proper communication because you need that. There's a whole lot of unspoken things going on at the same time you're speaking like, 
eye contact, facial movements, reactions, hand gestures, body language. So I just did the deed. I totally torqued Sadie off. I blasted her when I didn't mean to. And you know what? I may have walked in the door and I would just blast in anything. I would just Dogs venting. included. Dogs included. More um, times than not, I can tell when you're in a bad mood because of how you respond to the dogs than me. Yeah. It's just our natural reaction to be irritated with whatever's right in your face. So. And, and by no means is this a regular occurrence. No. I, I think age has <laughs> tamed me a little bit. <clears throat> Nor do you really come through the door blasting. No, I'm just happy to be home. I was like, a collective. Yeah. Uh, so, how do we start the process of reconciliation or, in, in layman terms, forgiveness? And I wrote a note down here that says forgiveness should be genuine and should always be a two-person transaction, but also subjective to the deed. Now, deed is, let me restate what I said, the action that I throughout there when I walk through the door. So forgiveness should always come from the innermost, the deepest part of your heart. Because if you if I just walk up and say, hey Sadie, I'm sorry. Slap her on the arm, you know, give her a bro hug, whatever, that's very bad by the way. Don't do that. Um, Sadie is uh, and the the other end of that that second part of the transaction where she's like, what a jerk. That's, what is he doing here? I have to, once I've realized what I did, what I've what done did, um, I, I, and this could happen instantaneously. It could happen, it could take a while, depending on how thick-headed a person is, or thick-hearted, I should say, but it, it's a two-way transaction. There's a sending and a receiving. It's a multiple send-receive transaction. And... The part about how this all works, depending on how well it works, I should say, starts from when you're a child. And this gets back to the beginning of the conversation. As a child, when you do something wrong that involves another person, mom or dad usually says, say you're sorry. But so often, children aren't taught the meaning, well, why am I saying sorry? What does that mean? Yeah. Why, why am I telling little Billy or little Susie sorry just because I took their car or their doll? And oftentimes they walk over to their friend or their sibling and they're like, sorry. They don't even mean what they're saying. They were just, being, you know, they were forced to apologize without understanding what the meaning behind the words mm -hmm. even were. And, and the thing about teaching children at a young age and even having siblings, Sadie and I both had siblings, um, there's a certain age where your brains... Are developing so you want to ingrain within your child's brain obviously so many other things but you want to, to build a foundation of knowledge that includes the apology language the, the admittal of what you did wrong you don't even have to go into great detail that comes later in life so to speak because uh, in, in life you learn lessons you grow you mature mentally physically emotionally spiritually you will grasp over time the true meaning of I'm sorry mm -hmm. I truly am sorry and that that basically was really it for chapter one it was kind of an intro like hey I messed up okay so where do we go from here where do we go from here what do we do and I think Sadie has 
skip it she wants to read I do um, I, I picked up this book at probably Goodwill somewhere it's called The Last Lecture by Randy Posh Pausch. he's a professor at Carnegie Mellon uh, was a professor he actually passed away from a terminal illness but when he gave this lecture he had just recently been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he had no idea how much time he had left they told him he could you know it could be a year it could be months well as the as the book writing progressed he realized he only had like two to three months left to live so he had this lecture plan to give to his students and decide his beg his wife begged him not to do it she's like you're you've got three months left to live why are you spending all this time writing this book and you know wanting to still put on this lecture because he wanted to leave this for his children as a legacy as, and also his wife but I thought it was interesting when we were planning this podcast because I ran across a chapter in here called a bad apology is worse than no apology so I just kind of wanted to read just a couple things that he said in here he said apologies are not pass or fail I always told my students when giving an apology any performance lower than an A really doesn't cut it Half-hearted or insincere apologies are often worse than not apologizing at all because recipients find them insulting. If you've done something wrong in your dealings with another person, it's as if there's an infection in your relationship. A good apology is like an antibiotic. A bad apology is like rubbing salt on the wound. And then he gives basically three or two, two choices of a bad apology. He'd start, he's described the two classic bad apologies. One is, I'm sorry you feel hurt by what I've done. This is actually an attempt at an emotional salve by, because it's obvious that you don't want to put any medicine in the wound. You just want to say, okay, I'm sorry. I said I was sorry. I know that you're hurt, but you don't really apologize. The second one is, I apologize for what I did, but you also need to apologize to me for what you're done. That's not giving an apology. That's asking for one. Proper apologies, in his words, have three parts. What I did was wrong. I feel badly that I hurt you, and how do I make this better? Mm -hmm. And then also he said it doesn't matter. Like people will come to him, his students will come to him and say, what if I apologize and the other person doesn't apologize back? It's not something you control, and it's not about that other person. It's about you. And I think that applies to forgiveness also. Mm -hmm. You don't forgive someone because they deserve it or because they need it you forgive someone because you don't want it eating at you for the rest of your life. That clears the conversation. Yeah. And sometimes people will wait several days. Once you apologize, they may not be ready to, but they may come back to you at a later time and say, you're right, what I did was wrong, how can we fix this? And, and a lot of it has to do with the ability to reconcile with oneself. <clears throat> hey, I just totally foobarred that person and, and I did, <coughs> excuse me, um, you have to be able to recognize that. And that, But a lot of that falls back on the childhood. Yeah. If you were, were raised in a family that didn't practice forgiveness from the heart, or uh, you're going to have a very interesting adulthood, <laughs> to, yeah. to say the least. Um, so chapter two, and this is, like I said, let me re restate what I said. These are all notes that I'm incorporating into this podcast conversation. I also wanted to bring Sadie in because what I should have done in the original five love languages is had another aspect, another person involved with this because you got to have 
like a conversation with someone for real, you need to have, this is one of those things where you probably, I probably should have had um, Sadie involved with the first one, but at the time I was just like, I got to do a podcast. I, gotta, I didn't think beyond the moment. So here we are with chapter two, and we're at the part where you get to figure out how to say, I'm sorry. And <coughs> sorry um, are simply just two words. I'm sorry. But that doesn't completely paint the whole picture, does it, Sadie? Mm-hmm. It's, you have to, well, as we find out, you have there has to be involved something, a little something called regret. Now, getting back to the original deed where I walk and I start blasting, the moment I either self-recognize I messed up or Sadie stops the train completely, I'm derailed, and she goes, hey, the heck's wrong with you? She doesn't normally say that. Usually, it's much softer than that. You know, is this a good part to interject the peas and chocolate you part? Might as well. <laughs> okay, because we also it totally depends on. Now you're talking just as you walk in the door. Yes. As I walk in the door. When is the time of night we've fought most over the twenty last twenty five years? Bad time. Bad time. <laughs> you are a creature of habit. You get to ten o'clock and you don't mess with him. So if we had been at odds, or I have kept quiet all night, and I've been stewing, or I've been trying to process everything, for me it takes me a while to process what I'm mad about. Sometimes you might have triggered me, you know what I mean? Like, how many times have we had an argument, and afterwards it's like, it's not really about you, it's about this, because this action triggered me. Mm -hmm. And that comes back to trauma and dealing with it and owning your own mistakes. But you'll ask me before we go to bed, because you do read me, are you okay? No, I just want to end the night okay. And but that's but here's the thing. He doesn't really want to end the night okay. He wants me to say, yep, I'm okay. Shut it off so he can go to bed. And that's been our biggest fight. So I know when he says that, we're going to have a very quick conversation. There is no regret. There is no true apology at that point. It's a, I'm going to say what I need to say to shut you up, to get you out so that I can go to sleep. And that's what our biggest whatever's been. Whereas I need to process, I need to talk about it, and maybe I need to have you have a conversation. I don't, like for me, I don't want the words I'm sorry. I want you to tell me what you're sorry for Mm -hmm. and how you're going to fix it and what are we going to do better next time as a couple. So we had this conversation, it's been months ago, and luckily (laughs) it was like after the fact you came back and said, I think I get it. I have to take the peas with the chocolate. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I you, so way. he hates peas with a passion. He loves chocolate cake. So your analogy was what? You can't just get to the chocolate cake, which is the end of the apology and the makeup mm-hmm. session. you yeah. got to take your peas with your chocolate, which means you're going to have to sit down and listen to me. Got to take my lunch. And truly exp- let me express, because... If I don't express myself in the proper way, which I have a hard time doing anyway, <laughs> judging from yesterday's words that I mixed up. Um, Did you ever find your... <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't get to the chocolate cake part. We're never going to get to the chocolate cake part unless we work through the peas. So. And that that's... There's so much involved with... Uh, that is a really good saying, peas with chocolate. Mm-hmm. One of, the, one of the things that 
comes into play between Sadie and I is Sadie was previously married, so for the first, I, I really don't, honestly, I don't know how long in early stages of marriage, uh, I often f was the recipient of a past deed, not even done by myself, but it triggered something within Sadie, so she... Either between an ex or a dad. Yeah, and there was, there was some emotional blinders, like it wasn't me she was seeing there at that moment, it was something or someone that had done something from her past, so... Most often, I find myself backpedaling, like, whoa, wait, 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 what's going on here? And then, once Sadie's vision cleared, emotional vision, that is, of what had happened, it was like, oh, man, okay, that was not right. And either way, I did something that triggered something in her. So, at bare minimum, I'm apologizing, truly apologizing, for what I did that caused her that knee-jerk traumatic reaction. So, and I think there was some point when I actually messed up for myself. <laughs> as, as, our, as our marriage, our relationship aged a little bit, became a little bit more finer like aged wine. Sometimes it was more like aged cheese. You know, Sadie's not a drinker. I'm not really a drinker. But Sadie used to really love cheese, so that's a good analogy. Um, there was a point which my mistakes were my mistakes and I began to apologize for what I did wrong not for what somebody else did wrong and there 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 is I think a fine distinction in saying you know in those acts of wrongdoing but I still followed through with the apology mm -hmm. I, I hope there are some nights we stayed up a long time roller coaster right now, all the way through what was done wrong and, and, and I'm not but you're working through 24 years of tra trauma and childhood experiences before you get to what your real issue is yeah. so yeah. never should those y your childhood wrongdoings my yep. childhood wrongdoing our own children's wrongdoings but yep. figured it out um, along the way the one thing I will say to get back to the regret part of that is I've always felt that no matter what we went through or what kind of apology I in every conversation, no matter how long it took us to get to the end of that, I have always felt that you regretted your behavior. Yeah. You've always been genuine and apologizing to me. And I, when, even though it was 10 o'clock, <laughs> we ended up fighting because you wanted to go to bed. By the end of all of that, you've always been the person and who has felt the worst about your behavior. And the, the funny part is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to interject comedy here right now, um, Stay, Sadie stated it perfectly. I am when it comes to bedtime. What's on my face? <laughs> okay, if you're gonna do that, hold on. You got a fuzzy on your shirt. Um, so it happens when you have OCD as well. That was a comedy. Um, I am a creature of habit because I get up an hour earlier than Sadie. Um, most times, I like to. I have a regiment. Like I, I get up. I feed our rowdy boys, which is our ferrets named Finnegan and Murphy. I feed them. I either make coffee or I don't make coffee. I take a shower. I lay out my clothes. So on and so forth. Now, if she and I get into it or, or I initiate a traumatic response by simply asking, hey, are you okay? Now, this is the point in the conversation where she's either going to be honest with me or she's going to just like, I know how this idiot's going to act. 
I'm just going to play it off and I'm going to say I'm fine. I'm going to put on a nice happy face. I'm going to tuck this poor sap into bed and off we go to the races. Not how that normally works. What ended up happening is hour, two hours, sometimes three hours later because in, in like every once in a while like when we've some of the, the I don't want to say worse some of the more in-depth instances we've had I'm actually looking at the clock and I'm like oh my god what am I doing here and it's not negative it's it's that creature habit of mine but in actuality me watching the clock go by actually hurts me in a way that that sounds wrong um it forces me to rush the process of apology makes it feel not genuine am i, am I saying that right to mm -hmm. it, it's and it's not it's not because i can see you watching the yeah. clock i know you well enough to know that you're watching the clock there is no magic can opener for sadie i found over years except love love she, she just told me early on you know what to do why are you, you know i was like okay let me start it over it falls back on the, the love languages, which also apply to when you get in an argument. Mm -hmm. um, physical touch. Guys, don't just walk up to your wife and start, it's okay, honey. She's not a dog. Don't just start patting her. Hold her hand. Put your hand on maybe your hand. You know your spouse. You know what she likes. You know what they like. Just don't screw it up. Do what she likes, you know, quality time. The gift could be an emotional, whatever. But getting back to the, the I'm sorry part and expressing regret, you're, you're at the point now in making up for what you just did. Regret, were you going to read um, the Webster's definition of well, Sadie, Sadie's recording this podcast for her phone, and she had the definition from Merriam-Webster, uh, what an apology means, but my notes... I think it was just the middle or the, you know, in trying to recompense for, for what you did, because yeah. back in the day, they used examples on the dictionary of the 1600s, where the very first, like, apology that was written was because some king decided to apologized to another king, but it was basically like the bedtime scenario. Let's get this over with. I don't mean this, but I know the words he's going to need to hear me say for him to lay down his sword for this whole business to be over with, and then I can come back and stab him in the back later. That's not an apology. Yeah. That's not how that started off. Apologies almost always, guys hear me out, almost always have to have a show of regret, a show of remorse for what you did. And regret simply means a conscious or emotional reaction to personal past acts of or behaviors. Now in this particular example I've been giving so far, I walk in the door, I had a bad day, I just start blasting away, everybody's collateral damage. In my mind I don't care because I can't even see straight, my day was that bad. So. I have to, at some point, when I cool down, gather myself back together into one unified mental state of mind or being. I'm like, oh crap, I just totally screwed the pooch on this one. My, and, and, and I'm not even thinking at that time how my wife's day went, 
how my kids' day went, how my dog's day went, whatever. I'm only thinking of myself probably at an unconscious level because I have allowed the wrongdoings on my day to infiltrate myself so deeply that I just I get it out there. And then I'll, there, I'm like, oh, what an idiot. So I do an about-face. I go to Sadie by then who has her wall so high, so wrapped around her so tight, it's going to be a minute before I can chip away and hopefully allow entrance into her heart again. And there's a process, guys. Whether you think you're doing the right thing or not, you will know when you've done what you needed to do to get back into good graces with your spouse because everybody has that look, that feel, there's an air about them that says, okay. There's a quietness, I might say, that that moment in between the last and the first word that you or they spoke that says you are forgiven. And that, that's the moment we all are trying to achieve. And let's be honest, I don't, <clears throat> I'm kind of, I'm like a pit bull when it comes to, <laughs> sort of, maybe, maybe with not so many teeth in his head anymore. Um, when I know I've hurt Sadie, I usually don't back down. And I don't mean that in a defensive manner. I mean it simply as I love her so much that I need to make up for what I did. But what I often don't quite realize is this is not a quick solution. This is not a quick fix or one and done. This takes a minute or two because what I had just done, I just ripped her to pieces and she had nothing to do with my day. Hopefully not. So... At some point, I got to take into consideration. Oh, maybe she had a bad day, and th and this isn't. There's no. I don't have all this written out. I don't. Okay, I walk in the door, check. I blasted everybody, check. Uh, there's the moment. There's no timeline. No, no, no definitive timeline that says this is. These are the things that happen. These are the things you're at. This is what you must do to make up for your wrongdoing. And Please. it never happens in the order you expect it to anyway, even yeah. if you had that no. thought in your head. There is no final tick mark. Remove foot from mouth, put it back firmly on the ground. What it should be is you're free to travel. Hold your wife's hand. Move about the business. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. So I'm at this point now where I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to figure, I have to fix this. And I honestly can say on a genetic level, I feel like I've, I'm a fixer, a peacekeeper. My grandma did it. My mom did it. I do it. And guess what? It's a learned trait. I shouldn't have said it was genetic. It feels like it at times, but I try to make keep the peace as much as I Now, sometimes I just I cause problems. I don't mean to. But we're now at the stage in this done deed where I have to express regret. And it is the first of the five languages of apology. And as I said, regret is the emotional part of apologizing. It, it has a, an emotional, it has a physical aspect of it because if I just walk up say to say, hey, sorry, what does that say? Nothing. It says you're an idiot. She has to be able to look and feel for me that I feel remorse or I feel regret for what I did. Which does not mean me making you miserable and 
either. I don't purposely ever give him the silent treatment either. There are a lot of women that give the silent treatment just to get attention and let this escalate. That's not, mine, mine comes from a place of trauma and shutting down. I don't do, I don't enjoy the silent treatment because I literally in my own head am stuck. I think that's but a lot of women will make you pay. I'll be like, no, that's okay. And then they make you pay and make you pay and make you pay and they put these digs out and you're never going to get anywhere with think, a marriage like that. No, and I think your silent treatment, quote unquote, is part of the knee-jerk reaction to what I just did, right? Yeah, it's, it's my shutting down and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to put up my walls and, and I don't sit here and think all that. I literally... I make him pay. Yeah, no, I literally, this wall goes up that I am protected now and no one can reach this impenetrable force. And so I'm safe inside here. And it's all revolving around who, who you are, how you were raised, how you've been growing up. Is That's why I say, I feel so sorry for a lot of the youth of today because there's so much more garbage out there in today's society that, you know, I see posts all the time on Facebook like, if you're a child of this era or this era, you know, you, we survived, we drank water from the hose and, you know, we, we survived it. What are the, what are the kids of today going to say in 10, 20, 30 years from now? It's, you know, I, I would, I would like it to be that their mom and dads or whatever the familial situation may be, I was taught right. And, and if you weren't, then you start there. learning how to break generational yeah. trauma because that's yeah. where our kids are at right now. We've got a couple kids trying very hard to break some generational traumas from the past. And if you truly care about who you're with and you recognize the fact that, man, I got some baggage I need to get rid of, well, guess what? You start the process of getting rid of the baggage, you in turn start the process of healing yourself, and maybe another side part piece of that is you learn how to communicate with your partner, but you have to involve your partner. And sometimes it, it takes you 25 years. It, it, <laughs> it takes a while. and Nobody's perfect anyway, so it's, it's an ongoing practice of constantly learning how to do better, apologizing, regretting what you're doing, and, and, and learning there, how to do better the next time. And there is a part, too, where <coughs> excuse me, the trauma... trauma um, the traumatic stories in a person's life can be so wrought with sadness or darkness or just straight up guilt, guilt that how they remove that baggage, how they unpack that baggage from the life, it's going to take a while, people. Mm -hmm. it, it really, it's not a here, let me help you unpack. No, it's sometimes they have to start that process themselves. You can't force someone to unpack their baggage from their life. You have to let them do it. The only thing you can do is say, hey, I am committed to you. I will help you. Meet me here in the middle. Meet me, meet me at the beginning. Take one step with me. One little step. Let's, and then you let, you let it go. Don't force it. Don't also, don't force the other person. And I think this is probably in chapter three. I'm going to jump ahead for a second. Don't force the other side of the apology. If you did the wrongdoing, you have ground zero. You got to work your way up like you're a skyscraper. The skyscraper, the very tip-top penthouse, is normalcy. That's where you find yourself back at, at the beginning. You're good to go. You're safe and hopefully sorry for what you did. Um, regret when oh, hold on, you're Mercedes pointing out the next part. <laughs> Being truly sorry is a fundamental aspect of a strong relationship. What does that mean? It means. Just a second. 
um, a lot for a lot of us, hopefully most of us, some saying you're sorry. We all understand the concept, but do you understand the meaning behind it? Is there regret involved? Do you how, what what parts of love language are you pulling into that? So apologizing it, with regret, meaning you acknowledge what you did, is always a two-sided operation here. The other person should be able to explain, let me rephrase that, the person that did the wrongdoing needs to, if required, explain what they did wrong. Because by doing so, you are you, you already hurt the other person. So by explaining to them why you did it, you're opening yourself up as part of the, hey, I know you wanted to do this. I got home late. I'm sorry. This is why I was sorry, or why I got home late. I'm sorry. And then part of that is, hey, I could have called you. I could have texted you. We live in a day and age where you have so many options of communication usually. In my, in my job, I do IT. I could chat my wife. I could email my wife. I could do all of that from my cell phone. I would really have no excuse for letting my wife know why I'm getting home late. And you know, there's and as a result of explaining what I did wrong, there's evidence, body language. That's and I think on an unconscious level, maybe more than that. The other person is looking at that other person, kind of giving a side eye, like, he's not sorry. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Look at that fool. He's just standing there like it's no big deal. Guys or gals, if you messed up, the other person is going to, in a roundabout way, they're going to look to see how sorry you are. And, and I hate to say it that way, but let's be honest. If you rush the apology, don't even try it. Don't apologize. Start over. Figure it out. Um, and this involves, I mean, the communication aspect. When I'm commu communicating with Sadie, she's unconsciously looking at a lot of things. Eye contact. Am I making the motion physically to make recompense for what I did wrong, what I should have done? You know, I, well, either one of us or both could be crying. Which, you know, and it, there's, there's just so many aspects, I would think. I'm going to use a silly example from my birthday a few years ago. We were in the middle of Dollar General. And I had flip-flops on, and he stepped on my foot in the middle of the oh. store and literally stood there and was in tears uh, yeah. because he felt so bad that he... I hit he, the back of your heel with the basket. Yeah, you knew that you hurt me, and it it tore you apart because you would never physically, intentionally hurt me like that. Mm. But I can't tell you how much that meant. I mean, it's not that was not a forced apology. That was not a, sorry, you should have moved out of the way. You were legitimately hurt that you hurt me. And that's that's kind of a, a different... Um, that was an accidental... Yeah. Whereas, even though my earlier example of walking through the door and blasting away, that that's an on-purpose, that's an intentional mm -hmm. act of wrongdoing. Whereas, me bumping Sadie's foot with the cart on the back of her heel, that was an accidental, that was... Hey, you fool, you're not paying attention. That was my biggest thing when we were growing up with our kids. They all wanted to take turn, turns pushing the cart. And guess what? Mom's heels always got hit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, you can't push the cart because you can't even walk at your gum. So, um, <coughs> pardon me. 
here we are. We're in the heat of battle, so to speak. I'm trying to make up for what I did. I'm apologizing with sincerity. I'm, th I'm putting in some regret. That really sounds bad. I don't mean to list it like I'm making a salad. Um, there's a lot of components, and everybody's, every couple's way of healing is different. Mine more often is, like I said earlier, Sadie told me early on, this is what I want from you when we are in this moment. Touch. To be held, to talk in a kind way. Love. It just There's so many things that is important in, in that moment when you're trying to apologize, you're trying to say sorry for what you did wrong. It's, it has to be sincerity. And they should be specific. It, it just, it all, it all depends on, like, I don't know that Sadie is going to want to know every single aspect of why I was late home for dinner when I told her I'd be home. This time, it's, it's more like, hey, so-and-so and I got caught up talking in conversation, hadn't seen him for a while, or, hey, this student stayed late and talked about it. I don't need, what was it Dave Dad used to say about the watch? Um, I don't need to know how to build the watch. I just want to know what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sadie doesn't always need to know how I'm building the watch. She just wants to know what time it is, so to speak. And, and, you know. So, a, an effective, sincere, an, emotional, emo, an emotionally upright, correct, whatever term you want to use, apology has to start from the heart. You can't start with your big toe or the longest hair in the back of your head or whatever. It has to start in the center, innermost part of your your body where the most love and affection emanates from, honestly. And then it circles back to if I just throw out a, hey, I'm sorry, please go to the tool drawer, pull out a hammer, and then put it back in. You don't need to actually commit violence. But what I'm saying is, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it at all. But therein lies the problem because you're not really apologizing for what you did wrong. And don't blame someone else for it. Exactly. Don't apologize and then say, but you did this, so that's why I did this. Yeah, we've, we've played that game don't before. Don't flip it. Don't flip it. Accept. Grow the heck up. Realize what you did or said wrong. Move forward with the expectations, hey, I will do better next time. I'm sorry. And and sometimes that part where you said you're going to do better may not always happen right away. It's 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 a growing process. It's a growing pain. And you know, apologies should also be reciprocal. And don't don't expect something or don't don't just say, "Oh, I I did all this. I know she's sorry or I'm sorry. She knows I'm sorry. She should just show me all this. I accept her apology." No. It, that that part isn't as important so much as you starting the ball, mm -hmm. so to speak, that emotional ball to recovery. And for me, I don't want the words. I, I do want you to apologize, but I more so want you to be sorry for what you did because I want it to turn out. I want to have a different outcome next time between us also on both ends of it. I screwed up. We have a good... We have a good enough relationship that by the time we get to this point, even if it's two hours in the middle of the night and we're now conversing, we always end on, this is what I could have done better. This is what you could have done better. This mm -hmm. is what we need from each other. This is what I need more of from you in this situation to make this work. And the thing that always drives me a little bit, 
Uh, above our bed, we have on the wall, like a wall sticker that says, Always Kiss Me Goodnight. Yeah. And to, that says, it says more than that to me. It's, it kind of, it's a blanket statement of how your, your emotional state should be at the end of the night. Always kiss me at night. It, it could also say, always wrap your arms around me. It just, it's, it's a blanket statement of your emotional, maybe romantic well-being. And if you walk away from that and do nothing, you don't kiss me. There's so many dark explanations that I could use for that, but I'm not going to. You guys get it. We're all smart people here. But in a nutshell, regret is huge and showing it. And did we do the back? Oh, oh we got to do this whole page. Sorry. I'm, I'm visually checking my notes. So um, one other thing, I don't know, I think... Early on, we used to write a lot of notes to each other back mm-hmm. in the day. We don't now. We have the age of email and texting and all that. Um, one example that the book gave was write an apology letter, and this isn't necessarily a requirement. Either person or neither person could be into those kind of things. Maybe they don't need it, but there could be a touchy feely person in that relationship. There's way more like wanting to drive that point home, like. I'm really sorry. I really messed up. And this could help them, could hurt them. But let's say the next day, I know things are a little bit better. It's You're still kind of cooling down from that heat that I just, that shade that I threw at you the night before. I want to take it another step forward. I want to seal that binding apology. I want to write you an apology letter that just kind of confirms hey, I know what I did wrong, this is what I did, I am really sorry I hurt you that way, so on and so forth. It's it's not necessarily a requirement in a good apology, a good heartfelt apology, but it's, it's sometimes something that can make the difference of really striking a good chord with the other person, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's just, you know, Sadie, <coughs> she, <coughs> sorry, um, Sadie's told me for years, Um, she's always said I'm not a flower girl now I uh, I'm like what how are you not this is a good we differ on love languages in that way so men everywhere at some point in their life love life have bought their their lady friend their their girlfriend their wife um, a flower multiple flowers bouquets of flowers it has, through all the generations, been a symbol of emotional whatever to that other person. Sadie's always said, hey, how about this instead? Don't spend that money on flowers that are going to die. Maybe we go to the movie. Maybe So my love language is quality time instead. Yeah. Or that emotional bonding experience over the price you spent on the flowers. Take me to the Imaginarium. Take me, get me lost in a thrift store somewhere and let's get coffee and a date. Let's go to Redbox, get some movies. Yeah. Hide away in the TV room. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather have that than the money spent on flowers. But this is a good interjection here with the love language. I'm going to back up a minute. I am also doing him a disservice because his love language is also acts of service in which he's showing me he loves me and it's imperative for him that he buy me something like a bouquet of flowers that's his way of expressing love language so if i say no 
I don't want those flowers. I want your quality time. I'm taking that gift away from him of being able to share with me your love language and buying me flowers. So like when I, like when I help you do dishes. Sure. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's my love language. If, I, if I'm wanting to do dishes for you while you're doing oh. another thing, and you boot me out of there, and I'll do the dishes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm walking away like, I just did something wrong. And I just... I, Let's be honest, guys. We are not known for doing dishes very well or at all. Them very quickly. But, and I'm not trying to like, hey, look what I did. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Our dishwasher just recently broke, and so now we're back to manually doing dishes, which is not a big deal. It's just two of us now. I don't care. However, this <laughs> I'm like, hey, don't don't destroy my act of service. I'm trying to do dishes for you. That's not what I'm trying to. What I am saying is. Instead of buying you flowers, maybe let me do dishes, or... Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Or maybe maybe I cook more than just one meal for you every... I, I sure. could do that too. Anyways, and I, I digress. <laughs> that was, uh, I was trying to make light of a situation that comes up from time to time. Um, normally, I used to do dishes when our dishwasher before it was broke. That's true. I would do dishes on Monday or Tuesday, whatever night Sadie was at her mom's. But... So let, let's make something perfectly clear here. An apology can take on many forms. It doesn't matter the form it takes on. You have to make you have to make sure what you put into that apology is all the good stuff. All everything from within you, your emotional, your heart, your spirit. And it doesn't honestly matter the level of the wrongdoing. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. But you still want that emotional oof into your apology. That that's it. Uh, I'm sorry. No, guys, that, it doesn't cut it. Just don't just say I'm sorry. Or let's let's talk about Give the flower yourself. thing again. So you're sorry, and instead of coming home with a heartfelt apology, you come home with a dozen roses and you throw them down on the counter, and then the wife's like. Okay, and he's like, but I apologized. But I gave you. Well, that's a good example. My ex-husband. You want to know what his response was after nine years of marriage, and I ended the marriage and left in the middle of the night. I literally was in tears. We're in two different states. I fled the state because I was afraid of how he was going to react and how what he might do to me and my kids. And we end up on a phone conversation so I can talk to him in safety. His response after nine years of me walking out the door and leaving him forever was, but I took you garage sailing last weekend. Are you kidding me? But I just bought a card at the store, and I was going to sign it and send it to you and tell you that I was sorry. But not one time during that conversation did he actually say, I'm sorry for the things I've done for nine years to lead you to this point, or why did you leave me? It was, but I bought you a card, but I took you garage sailing last weekend. So that's a good example. Don't just buy the flowers. Don't just buy the card. Don't just take them garage sailing once and expect to make up for a lifetime of mistakes. That is an apology without regret. So use your heart, use your words, and mean what you say. Be humble about it when you say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then also to circle back to that, uh, if you have a large family... More often than not, you're going to have a child or two that does fall off the map, so to speak, if you aren't teaching them the proper ways of... I mean, you can't just teach them the good things. you got to teach them how to recover from the bad things, too. And if, if you 
do something, you know, you take little Billy's or little Susie's doll or car or, or you smack them around a bit, mom and dad are teaching you the right way, guess what, that carries over into adulthood and could be leading into some worse things, it could be criminal even, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, that's really an extreme case, I'd, but, hi Frank, hi, Frank. we have our dogs in here with us, we're trying to keep them contained. He's checking on mom and dad. No, you guys are talking way too much. Um, <laughs> I need a bone. No, no cookie bites. Um, anyways, we we gather here. We wandered off the beaten path here. Um, well, kind of what I said. I mean, you should be presenting yourself in a humble and open manner too. Very much so. It, it there's aspects to saying you're sorry that go way beyond just the what can I see part. It's what I feel both physically and emotionally. What, what's reverberating from the other person that says, man, I'm sorry. You know. So it's just there's a lot involved with what's going on and um, I, I hope that my, you know my takeaway from all this is that you learned a few things there's definitely some steps, which the funny th thing is, I don't think anybody sits there with a notebook and like, okay, he did this, you know, he did that, oh, he meant that, he said that, all right, you're good to go, buddy, you're clear. Not how that works. It's all an instant, a near instantaneous action, reaction to a wrongdoing. Is that, mm -hmm. that correct? You've never once sat there with a notebook. And said, no. You didn't do that right. Well, you messed up on that part. Bob, you didn't make the perfect eye contact with me. That's going to be two bowls of shrimp alfredo from you, buddy. <laughs> and, and really, the things you do or say, they honestly make a difference uh, as to the amount of baggage the other person or you even carry after you've recovered from what you did wrong. So that's just, <clears throat> you know, I guess the takeaway from this is don't just put your back into it. So put your heart into it. Put your emotional feelings into what you did wrong in the apology. It, it matters. And I would say if you're struggling and you're having problems in your marriage, and it doesn't matter if you're newlyweds or if you've been married 25 years, if you feel like you're not reaching a point where you're moving forward together and this is not happening, don't be afraid to seek the help of a therapist either or someone that you feel, even if it's somebody from your church. Therapy is always a good idea, though, um, to work through some of those issues. We don't expect you to have all the answers, but you have to be emotionally prepared to put some of that baggage aside and start working on yourself. And sometimes it's not a matter of working on things as a couple. Sometimes each of you, like with us, we each have past baggage. We are not going to go to a therapist and work on our baggage together. We're going to go to a therapist and I'm going to work on my baggage and you're going to work on your baggage. And then we're going to come together and figure out how to work on our baggage as a more healed it, it's people together. Yeah, and in that, in that particular instance, um, it's kind of like kind of a walnut shell. Each of each half of the walnut shell may or may not have you know your the the meat of the nut may not all be great. So in, in counseling, you kind of scoop out the bad parts, and then when you put the whole nut back together, it becomes a more cohesive union. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was chapters one and two. Um, I think we might pause just for a minute. 
our, our one dog Frankie up and walked out of the room in rather hurriedly manner. <laughs> Well, I we take breaks. I would say, though, with the length of this one, let's go ahead. This is a good place to stop. I would say let's go ahead and stop here, and then we'll do a couple more chapters next yeah. time. Because do I don't want to rush through. And I think this is a really good place to open things up and, and stop. So I have chapter three left. We'll, we'll pick it up with maybe do we'll do like three and four. Yeah. Chapter three is apologizing without justification. So I feel like we're at a positive spot now where we've gotten you to the meaningful part. Of the apology so we have more to come though oh yeah we have lots more to come so in saying that welcome to season three of the craft and quote podcast i had and in pursuit of purpose podcast i had sadie k frazier with me she like i said this i should have had her involved in the, the five life uh, love languages i did not that was my bad because i definitely could have used her her thoughts and opinions on what I was talking about then. And in case you missed it, this podcast and the ones following this will be based on the five apology languages. Let me make sure I said that right. The five apology languages. And this is based on a book that uh, Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Jennifer Thomas wrote together uh, probably a few years ago. But this is strictly mine and Sadie's spin on it and let's be honest in today's day and age sometimes we need to go back and rethink things and right. don't come out of that room until you've learned your lesson that's right so fix your stuff and we don't have all the answers either no. but we're here to share our experiences and we're here to help and that's just the way things are that's right thank you for listening um, normally our podcasts aren't quite this long sometimes we do spill over but given the fact that Sadie's using her phone and she only has a lot of 90 minutes whereas I'm using um, an audio recording software mine's unlimited but nonetheless so scary you being able to talk for as long as you want to talk I better have more coffee <laughs> anyways everybody thank you for being here I please spread the word I would like to get way more out there into the wide world or the world wide web. web yeah there you go <laughs> Or the whole wide world. The whole wide world. And maybe space. Yeah. That's our goal this year is to get us more in the world anyway. And do more Have Coffee, We'll Travel podcasts with you guys as well. We'll get back to doing those on Sundays. But yeah. Anyways, have a great snowy Sunday afternoon unless you're in an area that doesn't have snow. Then well, so you bad. suck. You suck. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend or day, work day, whatever Davis is. You're listening. Have a good day. See you on the flip side. Peace out.